0: Welcome, everybody, to the Nerdpool Podcast, the podcast where we talk pop culture, pro wrestling, and everything else that's on my mind. So sit back, grab your snack, and listen in as I rant and rave about everything we know and love. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's a J-M-I-E. I am hopefully still one of your numbered favorite podcast hosts, and as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. It's been a while. I know, guys. I don't know. Um, honestly, I just I had to take a break. Work life, it, it just it was getting to me. I I couldn't find time to record. When I did record, it seemed like I was having malfunction with issues with um what's going on in my equipment. And guys, I just finally after a few weeks of trying, I just said I'm I'm gonna take a break for a minute. You know, I had to get myself right. But I'm back. Uh, hopefully, you're still here. Hopefully, I have. Some of you still listening. Um, I know after two months, it's like people are like, "Why am I still going to listen to this?" Guys, please, I just I hope you're still there, and I hope you can still enjoy it because we've got big episodes in the work. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff has happened, but I wanted the first episode to be back to just say thank you all. And honestly, we're going to discuss probably one of the the biggest things that DC and Warner Brothers have done. You know, uh, we all know HBO Max has happened. We all know they're dropping movies left and right. And one of the big selling points of the hbo max was that we were going to finally get the snyder cut the snyder cut has dropped it is a four hour epic movie um it was supposed to be what Zack snyder's vision was but again we didn't even get Zack snyder's vision because he even said himself there was a scene and we'll get into it later that was cut he said he filmed it in his driveway almost verbatim for the scene we got and Warner Brothers wanted to cut it. We don't know why. Um, he said he had a big name actor playing it. Again, we're going to get into that. But I just wanted to, uh, you know, get into a little bit of the backstory. You know, 2017 is movie dropped, and it started off as Zack Snyder. This was going to be the basically the trilogy from Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and then Justice League. This was going to be his little Snyder verse, and we were going to let him run with it. During the filming of this, part way through it, um, he had a family tragedy that happened involving his daughter and again our thoughts were are with him still for that because it's gotta be rough. So DC and Warner Brothers side, let's bring in Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon was the guy that, you know, basically did the Avengers. He was the one people were saying originally was, you know, the one that basically started the Marvel Cinematic Universe and made it what it was, um, without, you know, even thinking about John Favreau's, But anyway, they bring in Josh Whedon and Josh Whedon comes in and basically says no and just starts changing stuff, and the tone is completely different than the other films that set up, as we talked about, you know, they were dark, they were gritty, they were monotone, they were kind of dung down, and they were they were more that gritty, grisly, uh, DC type comic, get more adult themed looking comic uh, movie, and Josh Whedon comes in, and he did what Josh Whedon did with the Avengers, he's like, we got to add jokes, we got to add, you know, bright colors, we got to add, add, you know, just stuff that didn't fit, Um and, we the 2017 version we got which wasn't terrible but wasn't anywhere near good is what we got and it didn't make the money they wanted i believe it probably turned a profit it turned a profit but it was nowhere near what they're expecting you know they're expecting this billion dollar franchise and it was i think hundreds of thousands of dollars short of being anywhere near a billion so we were you know we were left with a sour taste in our mouth. And then the Snyderverse, um, they said there was a Snyder Cut out there that basically he had shot pretty much all the film and the fans were just like, bring the Snyder Cut. You know, there was this petition, there was this online uh, forum, there's this online rhetoric streaming, bring the Snyder Cut. We want the Snyder Cut. Give us the Snyder Cut. And HBO Max dropped, which is their streaming service, and HBO, to get subscribers to it, said, okay, we'll do it. We're going to give you the Snyderverse. So we're going to get the Snyder Cut. They give him, I want to say it was like $40 million to film you know, the stuff he needed to film and to finish up the stuff he needed to finish up to make his version come to life, and we finally got it. In March, we got the Snyder Cut, a four-hour epic. It was going to be a five-part TV show, or excuse me, a four-part to a full-length movie broken down into six parts, and the movie, when it came out, blows 2017 out of the water, there are people saying that this is, you know, just as good as the Dark Knight. This is the best thing that DC and Warner Brothers has ever done. I'm not going to go that far, guys. I think you're pushing and reaching a little bit with that. I don't think it's anywhere near what you think it is. Look, the movie's not bad. Like I enjoyed the hell out of it. Like it, it gives depth to the characters that we should have got. Um, it's kind of like every one of the characters gets their own little mini movie and mini arc to let you know more about them. And it sets up more of them being a team and why they're together. Batman's still the one putting the team together. I don't, still don't know how I feel. I still think, I I know that Superman had passed away in Batman v Superman and the whole point was them putting it together because he's no longer there. But, honestly, just Batman putting it together, it never sat right with me. The only thing I liked about it is the fact that they took the jokes away. You know, Batman wasn't the joking type. And for some reason, Josh Whedon's like, we got to have him crack jokes. we got to have him, you know, smile a lot. Like, that's not who Batman is in the comic books. And he didn't need to be that in this movie. Um, We see The Flash, Ezra Miller. He gets more of a story arc, and he's less... Unlikable. He's still not likable to me, but he's less unlikable in this as the Flash as Barry Allen than he was in the 2017 version. We get to see him as he's you know going through trying to get a job as a dog groomer to pay for school. We get to meet Iris West. We get to see a little instance of him saving her from a a car wreck, and you know that that whole thing. So we get to see his speed. We get to see a little backstory again on him. Uh, he still has the goofy Phoebe. Phoebe from Friends Run, which I don't understand why he decided that was going to be a good look, why that was going to be a good call. That's a, It's a terrible run. He looks incredibly stupid doing it. However, him and Cyborg's um, bromance, as you could say, it, it, it's explained a little bit more, and you get a little bit more into it, and he is less unlikable. He, he gives him a little bit more heart. He gets a little bit more serious towards the end where he's not this quirky, kid teenager who you know is like I need friends even though we still get that line I don't know why they decided to portray Barry Allen like he is Peter Parker and uh the Tom Holland spider-man I'm like why he is the this quirky dorky just outcast who nobody likes and he's uh, stutters and stumbles and he's afraid all the time I, I uh, it just—it it didn't fit with me. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I like the Flash TV show, and Grant Gustin does such a good job, and the writing on that—it makes Flash look, at times, sympathetic. He's smart, and he's not always—you know—the super strong. But he—he's not like, oh, oh, jeez, Williams. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. I don't know why I just made that voice, but that's just kind of what he feels like in my head. Uh, this movie basically revolves around Cyborg and the Mother Boxes. Um, Ray Fisher had a big deal with Josh Wheaton, saying Josh Wheaton was terrible to work for and that he made a toxic environment. It was a big stink for WB and um, DC, and they kind of corrected it. Uh, the whole thing, Josh or Zack Snyder said the whole time that Cyborg was going to be the centerpiece of the movie, and in this version, he really is. The movie kind of revolves around. His story arc and him coming to grips with the term of what he is, who he is. He's not a monster, and realizing that his power is what is needed to push the team along and to actually save humanity. Uh, Ray Fisher does a good job in it. The CG in this film at times still looks a little wonky. Like it, I don't know, it looks a little cartoonish. I don't. I don't get it. I know. You know. You can't make stuff look hundred percent real. But it seems like the Iron Man mask and helmet and stuff when they did the CG looks a little bit better than what Cyborg does. Um, it's just a small little critique on it. But Ray Fisher does a good job. And, you know, um, he, he carries the movie along. He He's the one that progresses it. And with it being built around him, his interactions with all the other characters and all the other subplots actually makes a, a fairly good film. We get to see uh, Gal Gadot returning as princess diana or you know uh wonder woman as she's come to know the beautiful gal gadot guys i just i i mean i know that you know in this day and age we're like you shouldn't focus just on her beauty and i'm not she's a great actress and she plays this role so damn well but i'll be damned if this woman just isn't gorgeous when she's on screen like gal gadot is just a beautifully sexy woman And, again, people are, you can't say that, why not? Why can't I compliment a woman for being beautiful? But anyway, she turns around, we get to see her Wonder Woman. We get to see the scene with her, you know, saving the uh, kids and the people inside of the museum. But we get to see more of Themyscira as Steppenwolf has come to collect the mother box. That scene is drawn out, it's extended more. We get to see more of a battle scene with Steppenwolf really wrecking Themyscira and the Amazons and wrecking some CG horses like he's tossing horses around and man it just it's it looks brutal. Stephen Wolf looks badass with his with his spikes he's got now and his like it's, it's sort of like a it, it it's an um, armor that the spikes come but they kind of like breathe and move on their own I I don't know how to really explain it if you haven't seen it but Wolf looks a lot better in this we get to see Darkseid in this we get to see more of Apocalypse we get to see Darkseid when he came to Earth and he battled Zeus and Hercules and we get to see more of the lantern um, in this battle scene and we see Earth come together and they're setting up lanterns like it's it's so great to see but the weird thing happened here is Thanos when Thanos in the Marvel Universe came to the uh, planet He fucked the world up. He fucked the heroes up. He was murdering. You know, Thanos was just a bad, bad, bad man. You know, and um, when Darkseid came the first time, it was thousands of years before this, he got fucked up. And I don't understand it. Like, Darkseid is one of the most powerful beings in DC. He's rivaled Superman. You know, he's a badass. And he just gets wrecked. In this war, you know he's supposed to be leading it, and he just gets wrecked with an axe to the chest, almost dies. Uh, get has to get dragged on the ship. They take, they fly off. The mother boxes are left, and they give one to the Atlanteans. They give one to the Amazons. They give one to Earth to you know man. And we're supposed to hide them. I just, I, it made Dark Side look weak. The Dark Side character looked good. The voice was amazing. Uh, we got to see the Omega beams, which was really fucking cool. But for some reason, they just—it seemed like they made him look weak. When you come the first time to conquer Earth, and you immediately get fucked up by Earth, and at this point you didn't have Batman, Superman, you know, all that. This was just all of us—Zeus, Hercules—and them were there. The god, the old gods, the the Atlanteans, the Amazons. Like I get that they're all high-powered beings, but for me, it's like okay, you couldn't beat them then, and now you're coming because you're like, you know, he said there's no. Stephen Wolf tells him there's no Kryptonians, no uh lanterns, you know, so he's like it's gonna be easier this time he comes, and you know he didn't even make it through the portal, and it seems like dude, Earth's just not for you now I know they set it they set it up at the end, saying that there's still an energy here and that he wants, so they're setting up a big a big battle, but we just saw you get fucked up on earth, we just saw you not be able to your henchmen not be able to take it on earth, so I mean. You're you're not looking at like much of a threat right now. I mean, I'm I'm being honest. You're not looking that much of a threat to anybody. Um Jason Momoa returns in his role as Aquaman and they tone down his my Man You know, surfer type gimmick. He's still shirtless. A lot of the scenes, ladies, don't worry. But he's he he's, he's he's more grounded. He's more gritty. Um, and I kind of like the way they played Aquaman here. And instead of the movie where it was laughing and joking, it's more of a Marvel-type movie. They did here. They made it like a gritty... Like, he's torn between, you know, the world of man, which he doesn't feel like he's a part of, and the world of Atlantis, which he doesn't feel he's a part of. And you kind of feel his inner struggle as he's trying to come up with who he is and where he stands in the hierarchy of all this. Um, we got... Ben Affleck returning as Bruce Wayne and Batman, Ben Affleck does an amazing job, guys, you know, when he first got cast, I was like, this is terrible, Ben Affleck's not going to be good, I don't want to see Holden McNeil, you know, or that or that uh, asshole from Fashionable Male, you know, it, uh, that's a Rats reference, and view, skew averse, what's up, um, I didn't know if I wanted to see him as it, I didn't picture him, and then Batman v Superman, he changed my mind, he's a great Bruce Wayne, he's got the look, he got the the charisma and the swagger as Batman. He's I I don't like the the way they disguise his voice with that like that computer robotics thing, but he does a he does a really good job as Batman. And in this, he did good so much so that WB's like, hey, we want the Snyder, you know, HBO Max is like, we want the Snyderverse, you know, to be here. We want Ben Affleck back as the Caped Crusader. We don't want Robert Patterson. Alright, uh, so we'll see how that goes, but he does here, and they tone down his joking a little bit, they tone down, you know, the Josh Whedon influence on it, and he works more, he's more gritty, he's more like, we, just, we gotta get this together, like he's unsure of what's to come, but he knows something big's coming, and he's a big plot thing that pushes the plot forward. Um, we've got Henry Cavill returning as Superman, and we got rid of the stupid CGI lip, that they gave him when he couldn't shave when they did reshoots for Josh Whedon. Thank God. He's much better in his role here. I think he's a little overpowered at times. I'm just 100% honest. I think he gets overpowered or looked like he's overpowered. I know Superman is a very powerful being. He's one of the most powerful in all the comic books. You know, basically, he's almost indestructible. But the uh, fight scene when they're taking on Steppenwolf Wolf is one thing where. He just comes in and just beats the shit out of Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf has no offense for him. He can't take anything. I mean, basically, they didn't need Justice League. They just needed Superman to fuck Steppenwolf up. And at this PowerPoint, I think he could fuck up Darkseid without anybody else's help. I mean, it's just the way it looked. They made him look like he was oped, and um, he looked good in the black suit. We get to see where he's like, you know, he's going through the hall or his spaceship, and he's looking for the different suits, and he picks the black one. He looks good in the black Superman suit. As he's returning, uh, it's this movie is long, but this movie th- has there's certain stuff in it that they could have cut, but Zack Snyder wanted to show his thing. There's a lot of slow motion shots, which sometimes work, sometimes don't. Wonder Woman's theme song plays pretty much anytime she takes a step, and it gets a little annoying, I will admit. That you know, whatever it's when she does these steps, it just, I don't understand it, why every time she does something, they had to play a theme. the theme is badass, the theme, you know, gets you hyped up, but it's just so much, so long, so many times, it just, it loses its, it loses what you, you want to feel for it, but, this movie brings a lot more, heart and grittiness, to, to the movie, than what it needed to be, four hours is a long time, um, I have broke it down in the two days, in two different parts, because, and it's nothing against, like, I tried to watch it all the way through, it's just, Sitting for four hours in a movie theater, it's it's rough. But this movie is a heads and shoulders above the 2017 version. This is the the best version of Justice League that I've seen. This is the Snyder cut, and it it just, it just worked. Uh, the scenes are beautiful. I think again, the dialogue's better. You have more character continuity. You get more backstories, like I said. So it makes the overarching overarching of. Uh, aspect of the film work better you get basically you're getting why they all assemble together you're getting their powers you're knowing who they are before they set up everything else there's easter eggs laid throughout there's way too many easter eggs to name here and faces to see but at the very end after stefan wolf's been defeated the mother boxes have been dispersed again we get to see the nightmare vision and, and if you'd watch the trailer you know what was coming um we get Batman in his nightmare garb. We get Mira, uh, Amber Heard, returning as Mira as if nothing happened. She's lost her accent for some reason. But she, she's returning and she's trying to get revenge for what um, they have done to Arthur. Now, if you look through the film at the beginning, earlier in the film, you're seeing flashes of what's to come. At one point, you see the uh, Justice League been destroyed. You see Superman basically like crying and Darkseid putting his hand on his shoulder. There's... They were leading to something serious with Justice League two and three because this was supposed to be a two-parter, and then at one point it was going to be a trilogy. And they were leading to something very, very real. But you get to see, you know, Gal Gadot in her in her new outfit. You get to see the Flash looking in his Injustice outfit. Yes, that's that's the hint. Of what I think is coming, and then we get to see the the cameo that half the people wanted, the other half was like, why are we doing this again? Jared Leto returns as the Joker in this nightmare form. Um, he does a speech with Batman. Batman curses in the speech. And it, for some reason, it just it didn't work. Like him saying, I'm going to fucking kill you. For some reason, just to me, it's like, nah, this just doesn't seem like something Batman would say. And I don't know why. But the Joker's speech... Jared Leto gives off gives the best performance he can as the Joker here. Um, he's got long hair this time. He doesn't have the tattoos everywhere that you can see. I couldn't tell if he had the grill still. His makeup isn't flush. It's just like he's got red lipstick just smeared over his lips. It looks like he's been through you know a rough t- rough patch. Uh, the thing like I wouldn't be as bad because I think Jared Leto could pull the Joker off. I still don't get his choice of laughter. You know, we have, when you had a Cesar Romero or Jack Nicholson playing him, and they had the their laughs, and you had Heath Ledger come in, he had his version of the laugh, or even Mark Hamill as the audio, you know, when he was doing the cartoons and stuff, doing his version of the laugh. They all had that maniacal laughter. They all had that sense of there's something wrong with him. Jared Leto, in his infinite wisdom quotes, decided that the Joker's laugh would sound like a penguin or a, a seagull. I mean, when you hear him laugh, it's, ah, 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 ah. What? Why would you pick that laugh to be the Clown Prince of Clown? Why would you pick that laugh to be the the maniacal, the anarchy, the... the murderer that is joker joker is one of the most iconic villains in pop culture history he may be the best villain in literature period and yes i'm going through all of it he might be the greatest villain there is because his his ability to not care his ability to outthwart people he's smart he's intelligent but he's also batshit crazy and he doesn't care about you, me, or himself. If he dies, he dies. He doesn't care. But for you to make him look like a punk because your voice is just doing this god awful seagull laugh, it's a bad choice. As bad as Ezra, Ezra Miller's, you know, Flash Phoebe run. I don't understand it. However, the scene is it's it's very dark, and it sets up. This is the after credit. It's setting up something serious. And they did this as a as a nightmare scenario. He's, Bruce Wayne wakes up, and all of a sudden he goes out, opens his patio door, and we see Martian Manhunter. Now, we have had glimpses of it before when Martha was talking, after she had got done talking to Lois Lane, and she leaves, you see the red dots in her eyes. So we knew something was up. And this is the scene I'm talking about, because basically he said he was watching... And that, you know, something's coming and he's here if they need him. He looks really cool. Martian Manhunter, the, the way they designed him in this looks cool. It looks very comic book um, accurate. And I really do enjoy how they made him look. This scene originally was supposed to involve Jon Stewart and as a Green Lantern. Zack Snyder said he shot this at his home. With a very big named actor playing the role of John Stewart, he did not say who the actor was because I, you know, the Warner Brothers cut it, so they're not, you know, he didn't want to put it out there. But he said that basically it was verbatim the speech, and that basically he was saying, you know, the lanterns are here to help out. Um, and I don't know why they would cut that out. I guess they just wanted Martian Manhunter, or maybe they didn't have uh, this guy under contract, so they want they didn't want him to be in the movie if he was such a big name. You know, actor, if he was in, did this role, did this part, and then later on didn't do the film, they didn't want to have to replace him. You know, I guess that, that might have been part of it. Maybe they just didn't have him under contract, and they're like, if we don't have him under contract, we don't want it. You know, we don't want to risk that. But, he basically says this, but the only thing that brings to my mind is when Martian Manhunter is like, I've been watching, you know, and I'm here. Where the fuck were you when Doomsday was here, just fucking people up? Where were you when Wolf was here, you know, and trying to get the mother boxes? Why, why, why aren't you here? Now, Martian Manhunter in the comics is basically the Thor of Superman. Basically, they he was created to be able to battle Superman. He can match him almost power for power, basically to keep Superman in check. That's what the original comic was. So I guess that's what this is going to be—is basically he can be kept in check at two points, but it still brings that point. Where were you when we were battling this? If you're watching, if you're keeping everything, why are you saying we didn't need you? Or are you saying that you weren't down for the fight? What what was the deal here? You know, I, I, the, the scene was confusing and cool at the same time because you didn't get the reasoning behind why he wasn't helping. However. It was cool to see Martian Manhunter on screen. I'm not gonna lie, I really enjoyed it. The film, I enjoyed it. I watched it twice, and you know, I I just think I think it's the better version of the film. Everybody was gonna agree with that. There's still people splitting down the middle. Said it's too long. They're saying it's too artsy. Yes, there's stuff that could have been there's could have been cut. Yes, there's certain scenes that you know had slow motion that maybe didn't need slow motion. The one woman theme playing all the time was a little much, but the scene connected. A lot more of the blueprints to what Zack Snyder wanted and what we were going to lead to in the future, which I think was leading to Injustice. When he said Lois is the key, if anybody who played the Injustice video game or read the comics, basically the Joker tricks Superman into killing Lois Lane, thinking that she's the Joker who's about to blow up Metropolis and he kills her and it snaps him. He becomes this militant like overlord and basically he recruits heroes that help him while Batman and the others are trying to stop him. He kills Arthur Curry and I believe that's where this was leading to. I think this was leading to an Injustice movie, which I would have been totally down for and I hope they can still work with that. Um, But, you know, for right now, everybody said the Snyderverse is dead. Warner Brothers said they're, they're pretty much done. They're going to do, you know Robert Patterson movie. They're doing the Flash movie. Like they're gonna do all these. I don't think they're gonna inter- connect them, or they're even talking about you know Robert Patterson replacing Ben Affleck in the Justice League movies if they do other ones, because he's gonna be on Earth too. But Warner Brothers and uh, at HBO Max said we want you know Ben Affleck back. We we want to do the Snyderverse, so maybe we might get two different versions. But that's that waters it down if you have a version on HBO Max and a version for the big screen in the theaters some of the characters connected, how we work with this, we'll see how it goes, but if you're a fan of comic book movies, check out Justice League, the Snyder Cut, it's really cool, um, you'll you you'll enjoy it, I, I I believe so, if you're a fan of DC, if you like Batman or Superman, you're definitely going to enjoy it, you can uh, check it out in Justice is Grey, which is the exact same film, it's just all set in black and white, which is actually a cool little way to watch it, it's kind of a throwback noir type, it gives it more of a noir type feel. Which adds a new dynamic to it, I guess. Um, but this film is very entertaining. I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, it's much better than the twenty seventeen version. We can just throw that film out and we can keep this one. Um some people might prefer the twenty seventeen, that's your prerogative, but I think this fixes a lot of the problems and a lot of the cutscenes that made you confused when watching the original twenty seventeen version. You're like, Well, why how did this happen? What did this happen? What this makes no sense. They sit and call but it's calls back to something that didn't happen. It's kind of uh, connects all the paths and connects the story a little bit more and it, it again gives everybody their own arc and lets you know who they are and it basically sets up the film better. Um I wish Steppenwolf would've probably been a little bit more powerful. I mean Superman basically fucks him up by himself, you know, it could have been something more to me, but it is what it is. Is it a perfect film? No. Is it a terrible film? Hell no. It's the enjoyable comic book film. It's probably the best of the Snyderverse films to me, you know, between the the three, um, between, you know, Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, and this is probably the best one to me. I enjoyed it more than the rest of them. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it again, you know, as long as they keep it on. Because I think it's it's one of the films you can go back to and you can enjoy. It, it can be in your rotation, you know, because it's a good good DC film and it's a good way to write it off. If we don't get any more Snyderverse films, you know, while it leaves on a cliffhanger, it's a good way to give a kiss to the fans, and tell them, you know, thank you, and I mean, I love you, because it, it was, it was, this was fans motivated, you know, the fans got this here, they they pushed for it, they wanted it, and it led to it, so, you know, good luck to you guys, and make sure you watch it, otherwise they're not going to listen to you again, because they spent a lot of money on this, they spent a lot of money, not on the original film, but redoing this, and giving, you know, millions of dollars for reshoots, so, make sure you watch it if you really want more of it. Thank you all for listening, thank you for liking, thank you for sharing, thank you for subscribing wherever you get your podcast. Guys, it's it's I've been lonely without you, but thank you for sticking with me through all this time. Um you guys were just awesome. Uh follow me on Twitch at Nerdpool Gaming. I'm on Instagram at Nerdpool Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Nerdpool Pod. I've kind of been Pushing that to the side, too. I kind of just stepped away from all of it. But I'm back now, and we're going to continue doing this. So, thank you all for the love and support. Uh, Again, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe. Um, Leave me a review. Leave me a comment. Or if you're a little salty and you're like, hey, you know, you kind of left me without nothing. I'm not doing that right now. I understand completely. But just know you guys are all great, and I, I love all my listeners, all my chimichangas and tacos out there. So, until next time, that's Nerd Pool. See ya.